At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 189. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson. Mitch, what's going on, buddy? Oh, not a whole lot here, eh, bud? Uh, just uh, my arm is doing a whole lot better. Uh, I got to thank uh, some Twitter folks for helping me out with my arm. Just stretching it out helped immensely. That's great. That's phenomenal news as you unfortunately hit your funny bone pretty good. And it was, as you learned, not too funny. Yeah, I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the regular show or the Patreon one. I think it was the Patreon. Either way, shameless plug. Go to the Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com slash Eyes and Isles. And I was just playing with my dog, and I turned around way too quick when I was playing, and I smoked my arm in the cor- on the corner of my desk, and not, not just kind of like tapped it. I was like full on like, ha, ready to run away type of thing. And boom, the corner of the desk right between the elbow and the funny bone Oh, the arm! My whole arm went numb for like five minutes. Uh yeah, awful. Wouldn't worst, uh, wish that on my worst enemy. That's a pain that nobody wants to feel. No, my dog even looked at me all concerned. Like, are you going to be okay? Do I have to go get someone? Like full on <laughs> lassie mode. So, um, thankfully not, and I'm okay. Just just stretched it out a little bit, you know. Because a day later, I was still feeling it, and it was not good. For for how I'm doing, I have a question for you, and this is going to sound really. Strange, but I, I I need to know the where do where do turkeys come from? Like in the wild, you mean, or yeah? Well, can turkeys fly? Yes. It, well, mm, they can jump up into trees if that's what you mean, and like they can use their their wings to fly up. But like they're not going to start soaring like geese or anything. That that's what I thought. Okay, because at work yesterday. There were two wild turkeys outside the radio station, just like like chilling all afternoon. I'm like, where did these guys come from? And that I couldn't wrap my brain around like, how did they just e- end up here? Like they, I've never seen uh, turkey before there. Like further out east in Suffolk, that's more of a thing. But in like Dix Hills, that's I, I feel like you don't really see turkey in Dix Hills. So where the hell did they, these people come from? These birds. Well, Mike Francesa lives around there, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes, thank you. Well, that's got to be it then. <laughs> it was Mike. Mike was looking for his Diet Coke, I guess. Unbelievable. So, yeah, apparently Turkey and Dix Hills, Long Island. Uh, very interesting. So It is strange to see it when you're not in the country. Like I remember biking to work and then just like randomly in the bike path, this like female turkey's there. And she was as scared as I was going like, what the heck are you doing? Why are you here? What are you doing in the middle of the city? Thing was huge, man. 
It was big. They are big. They're, they're deceptively large. Absolutely. So enough about turkeys, enough about funny bones. Let's get into the New York Islanders who are uh, s- struggling a little bit. Uh, and I think I could speak for everyone when I say that I am beyond thankful that the Pittsburgh Penguins will not be on the schedule anymore this year. God, please. I don't know what it is with the Pittsburgh Penguins. They don't do anything special when it comes to the Islanders. It's just we do so much to help them. Yes. Uh, and all they really need to do is kind of like tap it in. And they do constantly. And it's super annoying. So our first topic of the day is the lineup. And most recently in their game on Monday, it was a little bit of a controversial lineup from Barry Trotz as we had both Leo Komarov and Ross Johnston not only in the lineup but in the top nine, which uh, sent Twitterverse into an absolute bloodbath. And rightfully so. Not only that, then you also have Matt Martin on the team and playing point on the power play. Mm-hmm. And you're going, what the... I understand they're... It's a it's a lot of bottom nine talent, not a bottom bottom line talent playing outside of the bottom not line. It's it's just it's yes. way too much fourth line action going around in the fourth fourth third and power play. Although to be fair, that power play did work because right. of that player. <laughs> Matt Martin did score a goal on the power play, his second of his career and his first in eight years. Um. So he's not a power play guy. And I love <laughs> love Matty. Great guy. He should be playing 8 to 10 minutes a night on the fourth line with Cal Clutterbuck and Casey Zekas. He should not be on the power play. No, he shouldn't. But we're in that position where without Anders Lee, we kind of need him to. Uh, and then that, that really kind of gets to our point where, like, well, when you look at, at the players that are put in the lineup and considering everyone who's out, what else are they really going to do? Well, there's a couple of options that can go through if they really wanted to try to tinker and get the best out of this lineup. I, and I imagine you think as well. Yeah, 100%. I can't fathom a long-term solution of having Leo Komarov play with Matt Barzal and Jordan Ebert. That is such an anchor on that line. It's unbelievable. Barzal's production has taken a massive hit. It's been obvious ever since Anders Lee went out. Barzal has not looked the same. And Ross Johnston, like... The one thing the Islanders had going for them was that third line was looking phenomenal. Beauvillier finally came into his own, was playing with Pajot and Wallstrom, and that line was cooking. By far their best line. Now, I understand with Michael Dal Cole out that they have to change uh, some things up. Like, I I get that. But inserting Ross Johnston and then putting him on that line and you just have like this really good functioning offensive line that's also, we know, the Pajot's very good in the defensive zone. They've held their own defensively too. And then putting Ross Johnston there, it changed everything. The dynamic of that line was completely shot. Yeah, I, I, I don't, that, that's a really good point because that's the one that really stuck out to me. Komarov on the top line, yeah, we get it. That's not what should be, but it's been like, what, five games now? So we're kind of used to it uh, and you're still used to being disappointed. Uh, but then you go and you change the only good line you had working for you, the good offensive line you had working for you, and you put Ross Johnson out there. And, and, and what what's the alternative, right? Like you, you lose Michael Del Cole, who, let, let's be honest, while playing well off the puck, isn't really doing anything good on the puck or with the puck. So you're like, all right, maybe 
you know, Ross Johnson could be good there. Well, maybe not. He's not really a great defensive player, per se. Okay, well, why would you then break up your only good line to put Beauvillier there to be good defensively? Where's your offense going to come from? And case in point, we scored one goal, and it was on the power play. Yeah, that that's exactly true. The only goal came on the power play. So five on five, just not working. No, and, like, they, they were... They weren't in control necessarily, but they weren't getting run out of the building either. But when you when you look at that that setup, you're going, all right, Leo on the top line already should be there. Whatever. Now you move Bo off the third line. Okay, well, why? Bo's got like five points in the last five games, and one of those games was the other day where he didn't get a point because he wasn't playing with his regular line mates where he's been on fire. Yeah. All right, well, you screwed that one up to put on line two that has been playing more defensively. They've been more of a third line, per se, over the last little bit. Yeah. Now you're changing them, okay? Now guys flip the switch offensively. Well, that's not how it works. I, I At least I don't think so, and clearly not, because it didn't work the other day. Like You can't just tell, tell a lineup to be like, okay, today, defense mode, only defense mode. Tomorrow, only offense mode. It's not that easy to flick a switch sometimes, specifically when you're actually changing the lineup. True. And it's especially frustrating to just talking about, you know, how the lineup was changed and stuff like that. A guy who's been in his spot for a while now, even though we've said not really where he should be in Leo Komarov, he specifically said himself that he is just trying to stay out of the way. I I, I don't know if there's like if there's if that's not a red flag, I don't know what is. Like that and, to and me it, screams, get me off of this line. Please <laughs> put me back in the bottom six. I got to play with some grinders. I don't know what I'm doing with Jordan Eberle or Matt Barzal. Get me out. He's literally skating laps around me. I am lost and confused. Please bring me back home. To be fair, um, I would be doing the same thing because I, I would just, I, listen, guys, I don't belong here. Get me out. Yeah, I... I would flourish, clearly. I would be at least a point per game. No, I clearly not. I am also of a grinder mentality. I'm, at best, third-line material. At best. There you go. Either way, I, I know that Leo was trying to say, like, they're the ones driving the line. Okay, but you're on the top line. Even if you're taking at what he said for the most positive spin possible, it's still not a good spin because, again, he's a passenger. They don't need passengers at this point. They need drivers. And yes, you know, you can only have one person driving a car, but you can have three people driving a line doing three different things to get that line to work optimally. And he's not one to do that. And he knows that. Of course. But that's not helping. And then we've now gone five games for this. I, I understand that. Oh, I would imagine this was supposed to be temporary, but we're going on five games now, so this is far from temporary. Andrew Ladd had less time with with John Tavares than Leo Komarov <laughs> has had with Matthew Barzell. Oh, wow! And they signed him for seven freaking years to do that, and they're like, two weeks in, we're good, Andrew. We're good, buddy. Don't worry about it. Oh, it turns out you had an injury that apparently only our assistant coach could diagnose for some strange reason. Right? Like, <laughs> what was up with that? The second Doug Wade gets the reins, he's like, Andrew Ladd's got a back injury, guys. He's had it all year. Where was Jack? Did Jack know that? Why didn't you tell Jack about that? Anyways, that's... that's Weird times, but that that is such a throwback <laughs> and so true. It's scary, but true. Um, So, moral of the story, I know we talked about it last week, and we've it's been a topic on the site and on Twitter and stuff like that. Islanders need help with their forward. They need another forward in here. 
Yeah, like I, I know originally I had said I had written something saying like Lou's gonna take his time and it's okay. I'm still on that. Like it's okay. They've only lost two games. The world is not ending. They've lost two games. They're only two points out of the lead uh, of the division, which is if you look around the NHL, that's par for the course. Like there's no everyone is pretty close together. It's the sky is not falling. But we, it's clear what we need. It's clear that we need top six help. Uh, we needed one before Anders Lee went down. Now we need two. Uh, we don't have the money really to get two, but even just one will do. Uh, and who the options are, man, it's anyone's guess. Exactly. So um, it's we know the names that we've talked about, Hall, Palmieri, Raquel, guys like that, but it's... Lou Lemerlo has to do something because at this point it's you're going to watch yourself fall in the standings with like what happened last year when they lost Ezekiel and Pelic. Yeah, I, I'm not too worried about them falling out. Like a, a lot of teams in this division aren't playing very well. Like, and those are some of the teams that we're going to have to play going forward. We're not going to have to play the Pittsburgh Penguins who are on just killing everyone right now. Uh, Casey DeSmith is just stopping goals left, right, and center for some strange reason. Uh, but they, they play the Devils, they'll play the Rangers, who are, you know, resurgent, but you know, maybe we could be okay with them now that we've figured ourselves out. Uh, and they'll still have to play the Flyers, who aren't really playing very well at all. As far as I know, they're, they're going to be the first team to lose to the Buffalo Sabres in, like, 20 years, it seems. Yeah, they they are struggling, and they, they just waved their guy, Gostaspear. <laughs> we should have picked him up, Matt. Why didn't we pick him up, Matt? Well, he cleared, so apparently none of the other 30 teams in the league wanted him either. Yeah, like, and that that means nothing. That doesn't mean he's not valuable. It just it wasn't something. Anyways, the Islanders aren't going to pick him up. Other teams will, will want him. Clearly, I think Florida wants him. But like, anyways, this is not how GMs do their business necessarily. They don't take big pieces like that. But either way, um, yeah, Hall, Palmieri, Raquel, and like whoever Lula Morello is actually chasing out there, who is, I don't know, man. Like, it could be a number of people. Yeah, it could be, it really could be anybody. And it, hopefully we have an answer soon, um, but it, it's a waiting game. Yeah, it really is. Because like, it could be just about anyone. Even when it comes to Kyle Palmieri, you know, you see the discussion on like the athletic and, and it's, you know, one GM or executive, I should say, uh, is out there saying, well, he's going to get Palmieri and he's going to re-sign him too. And you're like, oh, okay, so then term shouldn't matter then if, you, if we're no longer necessarily in the rental game. Yeah, that's true. And then I don't know how you could possibly say that you're going to re-sign him at that point. Like, well, I, I you can make the money work for sure. Obviously, we can be like, well, you move this there and you do this here and you do it. Like, yeah, us playing armchair GM is different than, than, than Lou actually doing it. But if this GM is so confident that he's going to re-sign Kyle, Kyle Palmieri, which is certainly a possibility, um, well, then there's certainly a possibility that Lou is not going to just go and get someone who's a rental. He's probably going to go. He could very well go and get someone with term as well. Yeah, I just really hope it's not someone who is 36 years old like Dustin Brown. Right. Also, what I was, oh God, please no. Um, also, with that, like, it could not just be someone with term, but it could be someone RFA. Right? Like, you oh, look at I the Sam Reinhardt's out there. There's a couple options. Yeah, so like, all right, like the window's a little bit wider now for like who we can go and pluck. Because like, the, the, the again, with Anders Lee still here, we still needed a top six player. Well, when Anders Lee gets back, we're still in need of that top six player. The, the need hasn't moved. 
Yeah, that's that's true. That that's definitely true. It's just uh how you're going to be able to bend over backwards to get that cap to work is what I am a little bit nervous about. That's all. Oh, absolutely. Like I I don't know how it like I just wrote a piece today about putting um uh, re-signing uh, Ilya Sorokin into a $4 million contract. That's a lot of money. How do you fit that in? Well, assuming they don't re-sign Sezikis and, and not having Bo, Pelik, Golishev, or um, there was what Bello was signed, assuming he doesn't go in. I, I have not factored in expansion here. That They still have $7.8 million to play with. That should be enough to get Bo and Pelik signed. Well, you still need a replacement for Sezikis, um, and you haven't moved... Uh, what what's it called? Uh, Thomas Hickey or Leo Komarov either. So like there there's moves to be made there. Uh, it's just how much money do they actually have to play with when you know we're no longer playing armchair GM. Yeah, maybe they get him to bite on a five and a half million dollar contract. Mm, maybe <laughs> I don't know about that, but maybe <laughs> who knows? I don't know. It's uh it's gonna be an interesting off season and still something uh, that needs to be addressed in season potentially. Yes, absolutely. 100%. So let's transition a little bit and talk more specifically about a, a guy you mentioned earlier in Anthony Beauvillier. Um, he is so confusing to me. So very cold to start the year, obviously, was hurt. We know that. Then scores four goals or four goes four games in a row with a goal, two overtime winners, and then was very, very quiet on Monday. So, like, what, what is Anthony Beauvillier? I know that's a really broad way to, to and Mitch is shrugging here, but but that's the thing. We we don't. This is year five, and we don't know. Well, that's the problem, right? It's year five. We don't know. We've seen flashes. We've seen glimpses, like twenty four points in his rookie year, 36, 28, 39, 11. and like that. That's over 71, 81, 68 games. Uh, but but you still you see that fluctuation. So he's definitely a streaky player. But you've got 21 goals, 18 goals, 18 goals. Like last year, he was on pace for what 39 and 68. That's a 40 point year, easy. Um, 39, 68 times 82. That's a 47 point year. You'll that's take good. that. Yes, of course. But then you have this year where he's on pace for uh, a, over a full year, 33. That's rounding up. That's not good. That's not a good year for him. No, it's not. And that's not someone who you can have on the in the top six. We were talking about needing a top six upgrade. And like that's part of the reason is because the inconsistencies of Anthony Bovillier. If he was the 50 to 60 point player that he's flashed at times consistently and I was actually putting up those numbers, then this is a different conversation. But it's it's the hot and cold, which is problematic for this team and for him specifically yeah so the thing with him is that it's it's clear it becomes clear now that he is not a top six player he's a middle six player so like third line for a good team second line for a not so good team yes i think that's fair um because then when you you see it like the second he went on that third line with wallstrom and peugeot Boom, the points started happening. And like the minutes were lower, right? 14, 16, 32 was his highest one. 14, 49, 15, 42, 15, 17. Um, like, and if the shots weren't even that there that much, right? He's averaging like maybe two and a half shots a game playing on that third line. But you, you move up and you look four, five, three, five, two, three shots per game. 
he was getting looks playing with Brock and Bailey, but it just wasn't turning out. Uh, but now the second he goes on that third line and the quality of competition is maybe a little bit lower, boom, points are going in, baby. Right, and I think with his inconsistencies, that's the best role for him. I think if you, like, if you're banking on him to be that top six guy, I don't think it's necessarily going to work out for you because of how often those cold streaks happen. But if he is on the third line, then you take the offense when it comes, and you're like, all right, this is great. This is just depth scoring. And then otherwise, when he's not going, you can survive because that's not impacting your top six. So I think we've come around to figuring out what he actually is uh, without really like hammering it in. He's a 40-point player because we don't know what he is. No. You, you can't knock him down for, for or write him down for whatever production he is over the year. He could be a 60-point player. He could be a 30-point player. He's somewhere within there, and that's a huge range. But yeah. because of that, he's definitely a middle six player, uh, which is fine, but the Islanders... They, they need an upgrade, not on Bo per se, although they could use one, but they need someone in the top six because if Bo is not going to be there, now you definitely have a hole. You had one even with Bovilli there to begin with. Now you've got a really big one. Right, because now that's essentially, if you want to keep, let's just say we want to keep Pajot with Bello, uh, not Bellos, excuse me, with Bovillier and uh, Wallstrom. Now you have to fill Anders Lee's spot on the top line and Bovillier's spot on the second line. So you got to figure something out here. Yeah, it's just not really working very well. So, and you can't get two pieces. Like the fact that Andrews Lee's gone, cool. Yeah, you have $7 million to kind of play with uh, in terms of LTIR money. But if you think you're going to find two top six pieces for $7 million, uh, Sure. If if you can, if Luke can give him another GM of the year award right now, right on the spot, doesn't even matter. I don't even care who wins the cup. I don't. I don't care about Tampa and, and with the, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. They can go to hell. If you're getting two top six players for less than seven million dollars, GM of the year immediately. Yeah, of course. It, it's that's a very tough ask, but um, I guess maybe it's possible. I would say more than likely not, though. You're giving up all of your top assets. Let, let's just say that. The first round pick, gone. Samuel Budzik, probably gone. Uh, Kiefer Bellows, definitely gone. Yeah, so that, uh, again, very very tough ask. But uh, with Bovili, I'm glad we kind of came to that conclusion. And I'm comfortable with that conclusion that he is a third-line player. And I think he's a good third-line player at that. Like that. And that's not a knock. Like, you need players like that. It's just how much... how. Yeah, how much longer can you put him in that role with him being as streaky as he is in the in the second line or even like earlier with the injury putting him up on the top line? Yeah, like he's had success with with Barzal. He really has. Uh, I, I wrote a couple of lineup options on the site, and and my second one was Bo Barzal Eberle in the top line. And when you see how they work together, let me just pull up the stats here because uh, I, I wrote them down on the site. And mind you, they, the time on ice this year isn't very high for the three. They have like 20 minutes of five-on-five five time together. But in those 20 minutes of five-on-five five time, they have 67.65 Corsi 4. So that's that's percentage. Sorry, Corsi mm-hmm. 4 percentage. Uh, 72.45 expected goals for. That's insane. 76.19 scoring chances for. These are all percentages, by the way. And 87.5 high danger chances for percentage. Of with the three on the ice, take away uh, Bo, and all of those numbers drop by 
10 percentage points minimum. Yeah, probably, right? You'd have to imagine that they would drop. Well, would, would they? Because you, if you're taking Bo out, Barzell and Eberle have played a lot of time without Bo. One of those options was Anders Lee. So even with Anders Lee and every, or, or everyone else they've played with, it's still not adding up. Um, maybe it's either that Lee's impact wasn't that great. It was good, but not that good. Or, or Leo's impact is that bad. I think it's the latter. Could be. I, I haven't looked, uh, but like, <laughs> I, I imagine it's a factor of both. So it's like what, what they did with Lee was good, but not like wildly incredible. And maybe that's because they have a lot. The sample size is much larger. Uh, or that whatever they're doing with Leo is so cavernous that it's sinking all of the other numbers. I don't know, man. Regardless, this is kind of the theme of the episode because we talked about the lineup and now we talked about Pavilion and it's kind of went back to the lineup. There's got to be some sort of a change here. Has to. It has to. And what do you change? Like, we're coming back to the lineup because we're coming full circle, <laughs> yes. uh, which is fine. That That's perfectly fine. That's good podcasting, I think. Uh how do you change this lineup? And the, one of the big uh, impediments to that is it seems like it's Barry Trotz. As much as I love him, the guy loves his top or his bottom six players way too freaking much. You can't keep rolling Leo Komarov out there and then put Ross Johnson and Matt Martin out on the same lineup. Your left wing depth chart cannot have three quarters of it by Leo Komarov, Ross Johnson and Matt Martin. No, I don't see how you could possibly have success that way. I don't. And that's not a, a if you look at each one of those individuals in a vacuum, you could f- find an NHL role more specifically, probably for Matt Martin out of the three of them. But point is, they are all the, the thing they have in common is they should not leave the fourth line ever. No. But with that in mind, one of the options that I had for the, the, the top three options for the lineup was having the three in that team. So I had Martin, I had Kolarov, and Johnson all on the left side. I just chastised Barry Trotz for doing it. But I built a lineup specifically for Barry Trotz. And here it goes. Line one, Matt Martin, Matthew Barzell, Jordan Eberle. I mean, if he's on the power play, I guess. <laughs> like, Lou Tr- uh, Barry trusts him to play net front presence on the power play, then he should be good enough net front presence on the peak, on the five-on-five. I don't love it, but I would rather him than Leo Komarov. So uh, right? let's, and, I'm willing to hear it out. And if we're, we're already talking about Leo Komarov getting top line minutes, well, he's averaging like 14 some odd minutes a night, which is like two and a half minutes more than what Matt Martin's getting right now. It's a yep. big jump, but like, can we say that Matt Martin can play more like two minutes more? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Line two, Komarov, Nelson, Bailey. That's your shutdown line. Okay. Okay. I get it. So far, so far we're on the same page. Line three, Bo Peugeot Wallstrom. They're putting up go. points. Why are you breaking them up? There you go. I like that. And then line four, if there was ever a one-for-one swap in the NHL, it's Matt Martin and Ross Johnston. Ross Johnston in on the fourth line with Tzizekas and Clutterbuck. I like the bottom six. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I built this specifically for Barry Trotz, thinking like Barry might look at that and go like, well, you know what? He doesn't talk like that. That's just me. Anyways, uh, I could see him going like, I wouldn't mind doing that. That's not a terrible idea. Clearly he won't because he hasn't done it yet. But uh, if he's going to go and put the lines in a blender, I could see something like that coming out. Yeah, Uh, it's certainly interesting. Um, I think I like 
your version two the best mm, out of them. Yeah. Um, but I I don't think it's super likely. No, I, I think he just keeps rolling with what he's got. You know, he probably changes Ross Johnson out for Austin Zarnick. Ideally, it would have been Michael Del Cole, but he's not ready yet. So, I don't understand. Austin Zarnick's only played what three games this year? Something three or four games, yeah. I I don't understand why, like he can't offer you more than Leo Komarov or Ross Johnston. I don't know either, man. Specifically on that third line, like he's looked. He didn't look great on that third line the, the last time we saw him because mm-hmm. he was getting in the way of Oliver Wallstrom. And Oliver Wallstrom was abdicating to him because he, Zarnik, was the veteran, was yes. was the guy, was uh, above him on the pecking order. That is not the case anymore. So, like, you won't have Wallstrom be like, okay, oh, sorry, Austin, here you go. It's going to be like, Austin, take a seat, bud. I'm taking a shot. Yeah, no, I think it would be different. And it was, they only played together for that one game. So, like, theoretically, you could get a little bit more chemistry. I'm not saying it's going to be the Martin Sezikis Clutterbuck line by any stretch of the imagination in terms of chemistry. But uh, I, I, I I like, personally, I do like Zarnik. I think he could be a fine, like, third-line player. And if you need him right now, like, I don't know. I, I'd rather him up on the top line than Matt Martin or Leo Komarov or, you know, insert player here. Are we saying the same thing if Ross Johnson converts that uh, wraparound against the Penguins? Yeah, I think so. Uh, because okay. that's the, that's the thing. He do, he doesn't convert that. He hasn't. <laughs> so you're not worried about that eventuality. That, no. that parallel universe probably doesn't exist. No, it doesn't. Fair enough, because it doesn't right now, right? Like the actual existence, he, he didn't convert. And of course, that doesn't negate the penalty he took two minutes and 43 seconds into the game either. No. Both him and Leo, both veterans, took a penalty and the, they found themselves down to nothing. The second goal came out four on four, but still, it, it's it was two bad mistakes in the first period and they were down to nothing. They could have been five on four instead of four on four if not for Leo. Absolutely. So uh, with that, shall we move on and get into some prospects now? Yeah, so things are starting to quiet down a little bit for the prospects. Uh, NCAA is basically done. Uh, all of the Islanders prospects teams are now out of the tournament, uh, which sucks for uh, one specifically who had his eyes on, on the, the, the prize, but I'll get to that in a second. And, and things in, in Europe are also quieting down because we're, we're nearing the end. Sweden, the SHL, only has a few more games left of the regular season, depending on what team. Uh, and then they're, they're going to the playoffs. Uh, one of our guys is going to make the playoffs. I'm not sure about the other one. And the other one, I don't even know where he is right now. And then same thing with Finland. They're, they're gearing towards the playoffs. So, like, things are quieting down. And we're, we're getting into, like, the zone of makeup games as well for things that have screwed up in the schedule. So, like, they're not playing at a regular interval either. No, absolutely. Okay. So, with that, uh, where do you want to start? You want to start here in in Europe? And if in Europe, you want to start in Sweden or in Finland? Let's go Sweden. Okay, so Robin Salo doing very well playing for Orobro. They're gearing up towards the playoffs. They're uh, currently ranked fifth in the in the SHL. Although I imagine they might end up being bumped down to sixth, um, just based off, off games in hand type of thing. Uh, but whatever, they're, they're going to make the playoffs. There's no question there. Josh Hosang and Linkoping, other question. Hosang has not played in like a month. Um, I don't know what's going on there. I've reached out to the team multiple times, and usually they're pretty quick in getting back to me. I don't know what the heck is happening. Uh, 
everything I've heard is it's just a healthy scratch. It's not an injury concern. Um, but you got a month of, of healthy scratches, and where why isn't he playing? They they brought him in knowing what he was and knowing what he can do, and they're like, we're good for a month on a team that needs to win games. Mm. That's good. I don't know. Something something is going on. There has to be more to the story. I can't buy that they just brought him over and then after a handful of games said, we're, we're all set here. We're going to just healthy scratch you the rest of the way. Exactly. So we'll see. Uh, I'm just trying to get their schedule up so I can, like, I can wrap that off here. Um, there's because they're they're again they're nearing the end of their their regular season and of course my internet decides to be really slow. They're in game 51 of 52, so they got one more left, uh, and they lost the last one six one. Uh, beforehand, they they had been riding a three game winning streak, so it kind of makes sense. Like he wasn't playing, uh, why bring him in if we're winning? Whatever. But now mm. that they've lost and they have one more game to go. Uh, they they need to win that game to not only maybe make the playoffs but avoid relegation or, or getting into a relegation battle. So maybe that's when you bring in the guy or not if you think he's a defensive liability, right? Like we'll see what what they do and get in the last game of the season. I can't bring it up right now because my internet just decided it's not going to cooperate with me. Um, because oh there we go finally thank you internet. God Jesus sometimes. Um, when is their le- their next match is April 3rd against HV71, which is a, a favorable matchup to then because HV71 is the worst team in the league, like by not a distance, by by a healthy margin. Okay, so that's, I mean, that's a potential silver lining or, or light at the end of the tunnel, I guess. Yeah, so maybe he's in it. Like if there's a game to bring Joshua's hang back in, it's this one where you need offense against the worst team in the league. Yeah, yeah, that that would make sense. So um, that's it for Sweden. When we go to Finland, because I'm going to go from west to east now, or east to west, sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, We got uh, Matthias Rajanemi, who hasn't also played the last couple of games. He was on the team sheet, not the last game, not the one that they played just yesterday, but the one they played before that, but didn't play. So I would imagine there's there's an injury there. Again, this is a case of a team not getting back to me. Um, Time difference could be an issue. Uh, and I've only sent the one email, so I'm going to send a reminder one today to be like, hey, can you tell me what's going on with Matthias Rayanemi? But I would suspect it's an injury or an illness uh, that is forcing him off the roster, at least temporarily. Uh, but then you have Russian Ishkakov, who's just scoring points. He didn't score the other day, but he put up 70% on the faceoff dot, so like things to like, like there. Yeah, that that's a W. He, he's okay. If he goes 70% in the faceoff dot, he's okay if he doesn't put up a point. Yeah, so um, they're doing very well. They're the third-ranked team in the league. Um, they got a bunch of games with the top-ranked team coming up, so like three, I think it is. So if, if they can get convert on some of those, they can even move up the standings to the top team. Uh, I, I don't expect they will, but either way. Uh, he, he's close to... Last I checked, he was 25th overall in terms of points in the league. So Okay. Things are going very well for him, and not far off from like top ten. Like he's got thirty-five points, I think tenth place. There's a bunch of them at thirty-eight. There we go. All so right. So things going well. Now, when we move east to North America, uh, let's talk about just the NCAA. It is done for our prospects. Uh, Colin Adams playing for University of North Dakota out after a five OT thriller. Oof! Wow! Five, five OT. overtimes. 
Holy smokes. I was up till one. At one when, the, <laughs> when the clock went to one o'clock, I was like, I'm done. I, I can't do it anymore. I don't have IVs, you know, pumping me with sugars like they were getting. I'm going <laughs> to bed. Uh, turns out they, they lose in, five, in the fifth overtime. I forget exactly at what point. Doesn't matter. So they're out. They were the favorites to win. They're the top-seeded team in the tournament, top-seeded team in the country, and they're out in the second round. So that's a major upset win. Yeah. I like Minnesota Duluth is still a pretty good team. Um, they, they've gone to the Frozen Four a bunch of times, recently even. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're, you're absolutely top-ranked team should not be bowing out in the second round. No. Good stuff. Okay. So now we're on we're on a, a signing watch for Colin Adams. Uh, Jordan Kawaguchi, who is the captain for University of North Dakota, who also was in his fourth year, just signed a one-year ELC with the Dallas Stars. He was undrafted, by the way. So mm-hmm. it's not like they had they had dibs on him first. So he probably had a bunch of suitors and decided to go with them. Uh, but Colin Adams, very much drafted by the New York Islanders. Contract incoming, I would imagine. Okay. So when when do we think that gets done? I, I thought it'd already be done by now. Okay, so you're surprised that it hasn't been. Yeah. I, I, he hasn't declared that he's going to stay a fifth year, which some prospects have. Logan Cockrell, Islanders prospect mm-hmm. playing for BU, said he's going to... Rumor is he's staying for a fifth year. Uh, I, I think that has to do with COVID type of stuff where like these players and students aren't really getting a full fourth year yeah. um, necessarily. So they're, they're going back for a fifth, which is not really something that happens often. Um, but I don't expect that's going to be the case for Colin Adams. Okay. So we'll keep an eye out. Hopefully something moves there. I would imagine that you see them. Spencer Knight just signed. Uh, Matthew Brody just signed. Um, Alex Newhook just signed. So like they're 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 happening. I would imagine he gets signed to a, an ELC by the Islanders as soon as possible. I think it has to be two years because of his age. I think he's 22 now. Okay. So we'll keep an eye out for that. Yeah, it might be just be loose saying like, well, we're not going to do it for this year because we're not going to bring you into the AHL anyways. So let's just wait until they have until August 15th to sign him. So, okay. Same thing this with uh, Ben Miragrass and uh, there was one more that or Logan Cockrell was the other one. Never mind. And he's staying. So like that could be a free agent, but like mm, it is what it is. Absolutely. Okay. Good to know. So that's that's it on the prospect update. All right. So with that, thank you, Mitch, as always. Let's get into the trivia segment. Okay. So, Matt, like I do every week, this time I've got it right. We're episode 189. Yes. I picked someone that is 189. I believe, you know what? Maybe not. And it was done on purpose. I I really couldn't find anyone with like 89 in in, in any way, shape or form. Um, Okay. So (laughs) I I did my, my best here. Uh, and of course, I didn't write down whatever I, I referenced in terms of like the 89. Uh, doesn't matter anyways. So you have, as I do every week, there's a mystery islander for you to figure out. You have five clues to figure out who he is. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. I was drafted in 1991 by the Los Angeles Kings. Next. Two, I have 1,268 penalty minutes playing from the blue line. Okay, next. Three, I just figured out my link here. Uh, It has nothing to do with the clue, though. Uh, Three, I was traded to Philly in 2006 for Freddie Meyer and a third-round pick. I wrote puck, but I meant pick. 
damn you and I keys right next to each other and my dumb skinny damn. man fingers. Oh, I should know this. Okay, it's not ringing a bell yet. Okay, so I signed a four-year deal with the Islanders in 2005, uh, and I was clutch in year one with 29 points in 59 games, and I missed a number of games because of a fractured ankle. I think I missed like 18 games or something like that. I don't know. I know that the listener at home is is yelling at their at their phone, but because I'm a moron, what is it? Uh, we're still fifth one. You can call me Mr. A to Z because my first name starts with an A and my last name starts with a Z. <sighs> I'm an Ukraine. Oh, I, I was gonna say Ukrainian. Yeah, yeah, kind of, because he's born in Kiev. Alexei. It's Alexei Shitnik. There you go. Okay. <laughs> he played 89 games for the Islanders. That's probably why you don't necessarily remember it. And it was between 2005 and 2007. So, like, that was, like, yeah. infancy of the mad fandom. Yeah, the... What do we got? Okay, yeah, I just pulled up his numbers. He put up 29 points in 59 games in 05-06. Pretty solid. And then in 06-07, played 30 and 11. Okay. There are a couple of nice years in Buffalo there. Yeah, definitely. Definitely some good years, uh, you know, ahead of him or not at the start, right? Even in 52 years in his second year in the league whew, as a 21-year-old for the Kings. Good job. Yeah, good stuff. I'd, yeah, I don't really remember him with the Islanders. That's fine. It was not very long, right? 89 games played. There you go. So with that, let's get into the social segment. What's going around on Isles Twitter? Okay, so my first one here comes from uh, Michael Klink, who just sent this, this to us like not too long ago. And it says, six and a half months ago, I missed Ryan Pollock scoring goals for the Isles. And it was, oh uh, it was a goal against the Tampa Bay Lightning in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, so that's probably the last time he scored a goal. That was the last time he scored a goal. Wow. I, I, it's still shocking to me that he has not found the back of the net this year. It, it is. It's wild, right? Like he's getting looks and he's getting attempts, but they're not going in. And you're going, what does this guy got to do to buy a goal? This is a 10 goal scorer, by the way. Yes. This is not like your defenseman who maybe puts up one or two goals every other year. Uh, this is someone who scores, which is, again, strange. Um, so my first one comes from Jamie Stewart of News 12. He says, wrapping up Women's History Month in style in 1977, Barbara Williams became the NHL's first female skating coach working with the New York Islanders as their official power skating instructor during the dynasty years. She still has her own skating school in Dix Hills, and it's a video of her working with some uh, young hockey players. And one, cool that she's still doing what she loves all these years later, and amazing on her for being the first female skating coach in the NHL. That's awesome. Good job by her for doing that. Uh, or, or being that person, it, it really just sucks that we're like, you know, th there aren't more, but that that's just how hockey was and kind of still is. It, you know, they say hockey is for everyone, but it, it's really hard, and it still is really hard for everyone, uh, absolutely everyone, to try to get in. Um, I, there's strides being, being made to break down those barriers, but they're still very much in place. Absolutely. Hopefully they um, continue to improve making it for everyone, for sure. Absolutely. 
because um, it really needs to be, be for everyone. Like it, it makes no sense to not be. Uh, next one here is from uh, LGI exclamation mark. I don't. It's, let's go Isles exclamation and and it's at NY Isles and a bunch of numbers. Uh, anyways, Oliver Wallstrom has more points than Alexis Lafreniere and Capo Caco combined. That was a couple of days ago, mind you. That was on March 26th. But either way, combined, the first overall pick in 2020 and the second overall pick in uh, 2019 have one more point than Oliver Wallstrom. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. It's insane. Could just Yeah. Laugh has 10 points, five goals, five assists. Kako's got five and two. Wallstrom, nine and seven. Kid's pretty good pretty good and it's not like it's all goals right it's not like nine goals or what is it like 10 goals and like four assists no no it's nine and seven that's pretty damn close it's more towards the goal side but like <laughs> kind of reflective of the skill set absolutely i will sign up for that any day of the week uh my last one comes from a great twitter name coming at you by the way right here jordan Eberle's tooth gap is the <laughs> is the name and it's, <laughs> the tweet says if Leo Komarov is back on the first line again tonight, I will simply launch myself into the atmosphere. <laughs> it had 301 likes. <laughs> and unfortunately, have a telescope. The, yeah, I, I don't know if we see uh, the at is Stacy Camerand, I believe is her name. Okay, well, hopefully she doesn't. Have, and that this is for tomorrow's game. No, this was for the 29th, so she might Oof. very well be in orbit still at this R. point. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Stacy, very yeah, much us, in orbit. <laughs> let, let us know how you're doing out in outer space, please. My last one here comes from The Independent, sort of, uh, and it says, Prince William named as world's sexiest bald man. <laughs> and then it's Isles Blah <laughs> reading a picture. It says, that's a bald call. It's a really bad pun, but I love it anyways. And it's <laughs> Barry Trotz leaning over the bench going, what do you mean? What? <laughs> and honestly, honest to God, Prince Williams? What? Did The Rock certainly like, all of a sudden grow hair? Yeah. The Rock. Jason Statham. Jason yeah. Statham. There's a lot better guys on this list. Did they all, all of a sudden like just get Rogaine and start like dolling out like Fabio levels of hair? What are we talking about here? Don't know. I'm with you. I heard that and I said, no way. Sorry, Prince. It's not even close. It's not. No, no. There's so many more attractive bald men. Uh, man, I don't even know. I, I like, Give me a lineup of bald men and Prince William is not making the list. He's not even making the top five unless you're, you're no. finding some real, some real gems in that. You can go to your local supermarket and find five Prince Williams on your trip buying food. Like there is look exactly the same like him. Yeah, I I just baffled, baffled how he's the sexiest bald man ever. Going like not ever, but now, and you're going now. In what world is that true? I don't know, man. Let's get some plugs in here before we go. So wherever you're listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe, give a rating and review. That'd really help us out a lot. We appreciate all the love and support. You can follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is over at TLO Mitch. Nope. <laughs> That's Said that backwards. <laughs> Mine's Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is at TLO Mitch. Only have done this for 188 straight episodes. You think I could get it right? Um, Facebook is facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. 
Uh, what else we got? You got Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles, which is where you can get a bunch of bonus content, five bucks a month uh, for the subscription. And you get a mailbag show, post game show, and a whole lot of other fun stuff over there, right? Always something good going on. Uh, predictions constantly. Like, we yes. got one who's won a prediction already. The, 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 the game is you have to get three predictions right, one being the game score. And then we, we got we got prizes lined up for that. So well, not prizes, a prize. So, man, good times going on at the at the Patreon. Absolutely. And uh, if you need anything else, check the website eyesonisles.com for more Islanders content in written form. But that's gonna do it for us on this episode, Mitch. Another week in the books. Hopefully, we can talk about some positives with the lineup next week. Yeah, please. Oh my God, please. That'll do it for episode 189. I'm Matt O'Leary. He is Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars limited time only price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer single item at regular price Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.